0: Okay, so we're starting our review of yesterday of Daf Vov at the bottom of the page on Pei Heim and Beis. And um, so, what did we learn yesterday? So, we talked about Rabbi Yudh's opinion in the Mishnah, who talked about what's called Tefisas Yad, which means that the, house, the owner of the house keeps things in the house where there's, or in the storage unit where somebody's staying and living. So in that circumstance, the person who lives there does not need to participate separately in uh, the Erev in order for it to be a valid Erev. He does not prohibit for everybody else. And that's because the householder owns some space there, owns stuff there, has things sitting there. And we gave an example like Ben Bunyas, who is a very wealthy person who has a number of houses and he had so much stuff that he couldn't fit all of his stuff in his own house. He had to have more houses to fit, you know, for closet space, for different things and all kinds of stuff. So, the question, um, and uh, we have here an interesting account of how Rabbi Yudha Anasi, he used to honor those with wealth and he actually Changed the level of honor depending on the level of wealth that he perceived. So a person walked in, dressed in nice clothes, so he says, oh, please, let's give honor to the person who has who a has hundred money, which is considered comfortable or well-off. And then there was another person who was dressed a little fancier, he says, now let's give a more honorable place for somebody who's a ben masayim, who's even, who's double that wealth. And uh Yeh Ishmael, the son of Rebbe Yossi, told Rebbe uh, that, uh, hey, uh, that first guy is not just uh, Ben Meir. He happened, his dad is like uh, one of the wealthiest people. He has a thousand ships at sea and a thousand cities corresponding to those ships that he owns. Uh, you know, uh, we're talking about. Um, a lot more than a Ben Mea. So he says, well, next time you send him to his dad, tell him you should dress him in some nicer threads so that I will be able to tell who he, you know, who he is. Because he's dressed well below his wealth level. Which is interesting, and that's Rebbe used to honor the wealthy, as did Rebbe Kiva also honor the wealthy people. And uh, it's a Pasuk in the Torah that... Um, Rava, Darshan, Rava Barmari Darshan's is the, that basically the world comes to being settled due to the kindness that the wealthy uh, bestow to the poor. That's what keeps the world basically running. Um, and uh, that, that's the idea by providing food and sustenance to the poor. So Rabbi Barchanah said though that when we talk about things in people's houses that qualify as a fisas yad it's not all things it's things that are muktzah like yateh chmachreisha he's not moving it on Shabbos. but and that uh, we also saw Rav Nachman said um, that if it's nitel if it's a dovar nitel beshabis let's say it's just you know things that are not muktzah you know I keep a couple of chairs in the guy's house and, and you know, that's mine um, you know, that he's staying in but I could just as ta- easily take them and bring them somewhere else they're not muktas, so then that creates um, a prohibition in, the, uh, in carrying Shabbat so I have a question on this and this is something um, I'm just going to share with you I didn't ask this yesterday but if he is oser so that means that the Erev is not good so if the Erev is not good so then I can't carry. So if I can't carry, then it's going to be stuck there. So then there will be good. Okay. It's a little circular. Okay. I don't know. It's an interesting question. If it's something like food, it can be eaten up. So then, yeah, it's not going to be lasting. But if it's... because The idea is, though, that this is quite circular. So I don't have an answer to that question. But it's... All right. Something to think about. Okay. So, anyway... Um, the Gemara gave um, um, and that's like given a few examples like Tefel untithed grain or these large iron ba iron uh, rods all those things are not nital b'shabet so then they do not create prohibition okay I'm talking about something that is not muktza but you can't you know it's not a consumable so what do you do so what are you gonna do? You, if if you say he's ulcer, so then I can't carry it. If I can't carry it, then it's stuck there. If it's stuck there, then whatever. Anyway, it's a little. It's a good question. No, hear it. Hear okay. Okay. Anyway, brings us to the new Mishnah talking about somebody uh, who who goes traveling for Shabbos. He, uh, and uh, the question is, does he need to still participate in the Arab even though he's not here? So we saw the Tanakama's opinion, Ramayur says that it doesn't matter whether it's a Gentile or a Jew. It does, um, they still prohibit until they, part- still, you, you have to deal with them regardless whether they're going away for Shabbos or not. And Rabbi Yudas says, not true. They do not answer if they're gone for Shabbos. Then we saw Rabbi Yossi who says that it depends for a non-Jew, a Gentile, you have to deal with him regardless whether he's there or, or he goes away. But for the Jew, once he goes away, then you don't have to worry about him. And the idea is, is that a Jew, can't, once he's gone, he's gone. He's not coming back. And a Gentile, once he's gone, he may come back because he's not bound by Shabbos. And on that, we saw Rub Shimon, who actually agrees with Rup He just takes it a step further. He says that really, if a person was, has another house that he's staying, even in town... Once he leaves, he's not coming back even though he can actually come back. He's already made his decision that he's spending Shabbos by his daughter even though she's in the neighboring community that he could easily walk back um, uh, into this Erev and it might be, you might think that it should be a problem. It's not a problem because he's here milibol. on that Rav says the halacha follows but the example of a daughter is very specific because when a person goes to his daughter then you can rest assured that he's going to stay with his daughter the whole Shabbos because he is definitely welcome in that house as opposed to and even if his son-in-law is not the happiest about it and his son-in-law finds him annoying so the son-in-law is just going to suck, is that, uh, I guess that's the nice way to say it but the point is he's going to He's going to just deal, okay? He'll, he'll, that's it. But, but when it's the other way around, that he's going to his son and he's going to his beautiful daughter-in-law, so then it may not work out as well as he planned and he may find himself out on, he may, he may find himself on the street and he has to go back home. So, and that's the idea that when the dog barks, you can still come in, it doesn't mean you're not welcome. But when the the female uh, barks, that's the Uh different story. That's That's much scarier. Then it's time to leave. And on that note, okay, so we got to the next Mishnah, which is the pit that's between the two courtyards. Um... That uh, basically you're not allowed to fill up from the pit uh, from the well on Shabbos unless you did something to fix it up a mechitza that is ten toachim tall. It can be at the water level. It could be up top um, in the wall of the of the of the well. Um, That is the shita's Tanakama. Um, uh, that was the shita of the Tanakama. Rabbi Shim Gamliel says, it's a machlok, as says, that it needs to be below. Bishala says, it needs to be above. And Rabbi Yehuda says, "What do you need any of this? You have a mechitza, that's the wall, for the dividing, dividing the two courtyards that's running over the well. That's good enough. Why should uh, you need an extra wall beyond that? Okay, so, Ravuna says, definition of lamata means, right at the water level. And lamala means, Above, at the top of the well, all within the walls of the well. And Rav Yehuda says, no, Lamata means below, into the water, and Lamala means above the water. Um, so Rabbi Barakhan said to Abaye, this Rav means in the water. So what's the difference why in the water is better? You wanted to. You said that it can't mean above the water because the water is still mixing. So, and when it's in the water, the water is also still mixing because it's still. We're assuming that the, it's deeper than ten fachim. So, even if you put it all the way to the ground of the well, it's still the water is mixing up, 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 up over the wall. So, what could it that? So, we saw that when it, that actually there is a requirement that it has to stick up at least the tefach over the over the water level. So. It, it, according to Rav Yehuda, it's, it's not really mixing. At least that's why I understand it. Um, and when we say lamaila, what's the difference? Why is lamaila in the water better than lamaila above the water? And there he says, it has to also, even lamaila. Rabbi Yaakov, explains, that it has to at least stick in a little bit, a tefach, into the water. So you have to have the water somehow divided uh, in all cases. Okay, so now we saw that Rav Yehuda says that actually, the same Rav says that if you have a beam that's four Tvachim wide, it's materas in a Chorva. And Rav Nachman said in Rabba name Barfua, that if it's in the water, it's materas in the Mayim. So what's the, how does that work? And it's that, we're assuming that if it works in a Chorva, it surely works in the water. If this cross beam is just a beam that goes over the water, and we basically climb the wall, like extend the sides of the beam downwards, as long as it's four tfach and wide. Now the question is, isn't my bucket going to go to the other side? So the Gemara says, we don't worry about the buck going to the other side. I is it mixing? So the Gemara explains that obviously what's at stake over here is that we're applying the rule that it's a kal hu shakilu hacham we out with the rabbis, allow for what we call good aches, lowering of walls, making virtual walls in order to draw water, as we find this concept every, uh, in other places. Um, in general, a mechizah is not acceptable, but when it comes to water, we apply it and we do allow it. But we wouldn't allow it in other cases. So that's the idea, that we're uh, more lenient when it comes to water, and find leniency. So Rabbi Yudha brought us back to the Mishnah, I mean, the mi- opinion of Rabbi Yudha in the Mishnah, who says that the regular mechitza should suffice as well for the water. So Rabbi Yochanan says that Rabbi Yuta holds like Rabbi Yossi as well. Um, they're the same opinion, because Rabbi Yossi says that mechitza Tuluya works even in dry land, doesn't need water, so here too it's the same thing. Um, as a, we talked about somebody's lowering the walls uh, by a sukkah from top to bottom, as long. Even, uh, Tanakama says that if it's more than three tfachim off the ground, it, it's not a good wall. But if it's from top, bottom to top, as long as it's ten tfachim tall, it is a good wall. And Rabbi Yossi says, no, as long as you've got ten tfachim, I don't care which direction, from top to bottom, bottom to top, it's all good. So the Gemara says, that actually, although we assume that Rabbi Yudha, Rabbi Yudha and Rabbi Yossi are in the same opinion, there actually could be they argue on each other. Because Rabbi Yossi, was, um, I mean, Rabbi Yudu was talking over here by Eruv HaTzeres, which is Dindar Abonah. Sukkah is a Dindar maybe he wouldn't allow it. And Rabbi Yossi was talking about Sukkah, which is only, excuse me, which is only an Isra se But Shabbos is an Isra Skila, even though it happens to be Eruv, which is not Skila, but it's the severity of Shabbos is much more severe than Sukkah. And therefore, it is uh, he, would, uh, uh, it w- he wouldn't necessarily allow it and therefore it's not really the same shita. Next we said, well, what was the story that happened in Tsipori, which was Shabbos related? You told me Rabbi Yossi disagrees with Rabbi Yehuda when it comes to Erevin because Shabbos is much more strict. So Tsipori was the town of Rabbi Yossi, so who could be the Bala Memra, who was the posek at the time that allowed it? It was a case of Erevin with a hanging mechitza the answer is, it was his son, Rabbi Shmuel bar And then we got into the story. The story goes is that they forgot to bring the Sefer Torah from before Shabbos. And they needed to bring it on Shabbos, and they spread out these sheets to, uh, that were hanging that they were able to carry it on Shabbos. Now the question is, how are they allowed to spread it out? Ay, mechitza Tuluya is not a, 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 not a good Mechitza. Um, uh, it must be that he was Mekel, even Mechitza Tuluya. Now, on that, the Gemara is saying, "Spread out." You're not allowed to spread out anybody. Nobody lets you make an all array lechatilah on Shabbos, and that's what you're doing. You're making a temporary tent by put, by putting this up. So the Gemara answers that they didn't spread it out. specially. it was they found it having have it been spread out from before Shabbos, and I would say, "Oh, we could use that as our walls and be able to bring the Sefer Torah." to the shul to be able to lane and that is where we left off, the bottom of the page on pevav on the base.